Welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Each day we'll look at a text from the weekly readings from the Westgate Church Bulletin. We will look at background material and also application of the text. So once again, welcome to the Illuminated Word Podcast. Our reading today comes from Psalm chapter 56. This psalm is written by King David. And the circumstances are the following. You have David on the run from King Saul. This sounds like a very common theme we talk about on Mondays in our Psalms, but David is on the run, and he is so desperate he has come to his enemies. You remember earlier, uh, David in his life fought Goliath. Goliath was a Philistine from the city of Goth. Now David is going to the Philistines, to the city of Goth, to seek refuge. And Achish is the king there, and when David gets to the city, the people inside the city say, now wait a minute, there's a saying about this fellow. They say Saul has killed his thousands, but David has killed his ten thousands. And when David hears this, he gets very afraid. He's very scared. And so then David gets so desperate, he acts like a madman. He acts like a crazy person. He starts to scratch on the doors of the city. He allows spittle to come upon his beard, so he just would look crazy. And King Achish says, look, you guys brought me a, a crazy person. Do I not have enough crazy people in my kingdom? And he turns David away. So this is a a very horrible time for David. People are seeking his life and is so desperate. He is trying to find the refuge of the enemies of Israel. So this is the situation in which David finds himself. If you'll notice in this psalm, uh, there is this concept, this progression of David being afraid, but no longer being afraid. We're going to talk about in just a minute about how do we go from fear to to not being controlled by fear, according to this psalm. So we're going to look at this psalm and the lessons it teaches us about that specifically. So let's read through Psalm 56. Be gracious to me, O God, for man tramples on me. All day long an attacker oppresses me. My enemies trample on me all day long, for many attack me proudly. When I'm afraid, I put my trust in you. In God, whose word I praise, in God I trust. I shall not be afraid. What can flesh do to me? All day long they injure my cause. All their thoughts are against me for evil. They stir up strife. They lurk. They watch my steps as they've waited for my life. For their crime they will escape. And wrath cast down the peoples, O God. You have kept count of my tossings. Put my tears in your bottle. Are they not in your book? Then my enemies will turn back. In the day when I call, this I know that God is for me. In God whose word I praise, in the Lord whose word I praise, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. What can man do to me? I must perform my vows to you, O God. I will render thank offerings to you. For you have delivered my soul from death, yes, my feet from falling, that I may walk before God in the light of life. Now, if you'll notice, this psalm is divided up into three parts. In the very beginning, the first four verses, he's pleading for help. He's crying for mercy. And then in verses 5 through 11, right in the middle, he's calling out for the defeat of his enemies. Then at the end, verses 12 through 13, he goes into a time of thanksgiving. He even says he will offer a thank offering. A thank offering would be a free will offering where you would offer an animal and you would celebrate God's deliverance from some type of calamity. So this was a, a sacrifice that was not required. It was one that you just did out of the just the happiness of your heart, the joy of your heart. You've been delivered. So we see this quiet confidence of David. It goes from where he is afraid, he's not afraid, he wants God to defeat his enemies, and then at the end he knows God will come through, so much so he will celebrate as if it's already been done. 
That's an amazing transition for David through this psalm. Notice what his enemies are doing to him. And this, we find out that human nature's not changed very much over the years. They're trying to slander David. There are people in high positions that are twisting the words of David and slandering him. So not only are they trying to take his life, not only is he under physical uh, or in physical danger, he's being slandered. So he's being attacked physically, psychologically, spiritually, every, every way possible. So how do people withstand some type of attack like this? And imagine if you're in the place of David, maybe you've been through something like this. Maybe you're going through some type of personal strife where you feel like you've been attacked by others or slandered. Or maybe even you feel like people are out to get you in the workplace or, uh, God forbid, in, in your family. But in some situation, you have people against you and you're wondering, okay, how do I get through this? Well, David does give us a few keys in this. And I'll just share with you just some thoughts that I believe that are going on here. First of all, this adversary is real. This is a real threat. This is not a perceived threat. When you read through this psalm, you can almost imagine a prize fighter, you know, a worthy opponent, a really tough opponent, the boxing ring. And that opponent is striking a blow and then backing up and then lurking and waiting for the right time to provide the knockout blow. And that's what's happening with David's enemies. But you'll notice that David transitions. Back at the very beginning of the psalm, he says, I'm afraid. And then all of a sudden, he's not afraid. What can people do to me? You also notice some weird things where this psalm, if you're reading it, doubles up some things. And you're like, why does he keep repeating himself? And in the Hebrew, you'll see he's using different words. But in the English translation, it just doesn't come out. So when we go and we look at, let's just say verse 4. I believe it's verse 4. In God whose word I praise. Then he says again, in God I trust, I shall not be afraid. Whenever he's doubling up this word, God back to back, usually in the Hebrew, in the first place, he's saying Elohim, God. That's just the general category of of a spiritual being, but one spiritual being in particular, God, the God of the Bible, the one and true and only God, God Elohim. So this is a very general term. And then he comes back with an intensification in the next line and uses the word Yahweh. We would translate that as Lord many times. And it would be better if the translation would translate it that way as Lord. But this is the covenant relational name of God, the one and only God that created the universe, the one and only God who is in covenant with his people, Israel, and with us today. So you have this general name for God and this covenant name for God. So there's probably a reason for that. But let's go back to how do we develop this idea of overcoming fear. And it starts with trust. That's one of the main themes throughout this psalm. He trusts in God. So there's three things you can pull out of this psalm that builds this this trust that leads to this, I wouldn't say overconfidence, but assurance that we're going to be okay. First of all, we trust in God's word. And this is very important for the time in which we're living, when public opinion is going to change, when people's attitudes about you are going to shift, when you believe a certain thing about any issue under the sun. Just think in America right now, how many different issues out there are at odds with God's word, whether it's the definition of marriage, whether it is just the idea of what gender you are, whether it's just the idea of what is a human life. If you take a stance according to God's word on a lot of those things, you're going to be attacked, ridiculed. Your words will be twisted. You'll be made to be a bigot and a hateful person. And we learn to not to have fear because we trust in God's word, which is not going to change. God's word transcends culture. God's word will be the same if if the Lord wills us to be here a thousand more years. In a thousand years, 
God's word will be the same and will speak to that culture just like it does our culture and calls us to repentance. And that should give us confidence. It's God's word that I want to be approved by, not the general society. Now, I'm not trying to, to be cranky here or ugly, but there's so much language about approving out there today and what types of things we should approve of. I think we should be looking at Scripture and saying, what does God approve of? When you have that stance, you have a, a type of confidence that you are doing God's will, no matter what the culture around you says. And so David is like, I don't care what people slander and say about me. I know what God says about me. I know what God says in his sacred scripture. So that's the first, and I'd say probably one of the most important steps to moving from the sense of fear to a type of confidence in God. Not self-confidence, but confidence in God. And the second thing is, God will bring us to a broad place. He always does. It may be in a fellowship of Christians where you've got people that are attacking you and then God brings you into a church community and there are people there that you can fellowship with and love and you know, these are my people. But God will bring us into broad places. And even in Psalm 23, the 23rd Psalm, he prepares a table for us in the midst of our enemies. Now that is security like none other. Now I'm not saying that God is going to make your life easy. But God will get you through. He's always done that with people. He will see you through and he will walk you through. And there'll be a time where you'll be in a broad place where you'll be with folks that care about you and love you and will get you through it. And then the third thing, walking with the Lord. There's a verb in here where, where David talks about walking with the Lord. And it's uh, in a form of Hebrew that means continuous action. You keep doing it. You keep walking. You keep doing and there's this sense of walking with the Lord that we need to remember that when things do get bad and we're under stress, keep with your spiritual disciplines, keep attending church service, keep being there with God's people, keep hearing preaching, keep going to class, keep taking communion, keep reading your scripture, keep praying, keep doing those things, keep walking. You know, I always had coaches that encouraged me, you know, when you were tired, take the next step, keep going, don't stop, because when you stop, uh, bad things happen a lot of times. I remember as a player playing high school football, our coach one time made us get in a push-up position and hold it. And he said that if someone dropped, that person would have to run for the rest of practice. I'll never forget we're sitting there. It's just a few minutes, maybe seconds, but it seemed like an eternity. And you realize how hard that gets after a while. And one person would quit. And it was easier for that next person to quit and the next to quit and the next to quit. But we as Christians need to encourage each other to keep walking, keep moving forward. And good things happen when we just keep moving forward, keep plugging away. Even when things are bad, we don't take our eye off the prize. We keep moving forward. So those three things, I think, help. And I think that's what David's saying in the psalm, trusting God's word. Secondly, one day God's going to put you in a broad place. You're going to get through it. It may be awful. It may be tough. He will walk with you through it. And there'll be a time where you'll be with your people in a good place. And the third thing is, keep walking. Keep moving forward. Keep walking with the Lord. Don't stop, no matter what's happening. Well, I hope you have a great day. I really appreciate you tuning in for this psalm reading. And we will be back tomorrow in the Gospels. God bless.